Welcome to The Frontline, a podcast for Christian men who are fighting for their marriages, fighting for their children, and pursuing the plans and purposes of God in the everyday, mundane, in and outs of life. Day by day, the battle's raging, lies of the evil one messing with our minds, opposition on every side. But this day we fight, this day we believe, this day we overcome. Despite the war around us, we line up, our shoulders broad, our confidence in God. Today, we stand on the front line. This is the front line. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes with my full-time work schedule, my responsibility as a husband and as a dad, and also as a pastor, usually on the weekends, my weekends are full of ministry at our church and in the church ministry and everything that is involved in that. It keeps me very busy. I am a busy man. But God gives grace and strength each day to every one of us to do what he's called us to do. Amen. And this last week has been a little bit extra heavy in the busy scale. And so my apologies. I don't have a new recorded podcast for you. But I wanted to give something to you that would hopefully bless you and encourage you and strengthen you in your faith as a man of God. And so I hope you enjoy this uh, sermon that I preached Um, It's about how God's going to finish what he started. And the truth is, gentlemen, God has started and is doing a good work in each one of you. And he will complete the work. It may not be when you think or how you think or may not look exactly how you think it should look. But either way, God will finish the work that he has started in you. So I hope you are encouraged and we'll see you next time. God bless. It's nice to be here this morning, and um, as we follow the Lord Jesus, uh, we, we, um, we believe and we know, and then we begin to see God doing his work in our lives. Um, God is all about doing work, and like that worship song um, says, even when we can't see, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. God is always at work. And, and right now, the Lord, Jesus, is seated on the throne in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is at work right now throughout the earth. And God the Father is God the Father. And, and right now, the Trinity, he, he's working. The Lord is working right now, right, even this moment, even here this morning, even possibly in your hearts and in your lives right now, God is doing a work. And I even think of Sarah and Jalen this morning, you know, young ladies up doing their best to allow God to work through them. Years ago, we saw that our daughter had a gift of singing, and we saw that that was the Lord at work. That was the Lord doing his work in Jalen, not to point Jalen out, but you can apply that same thing to to yourself this morning. You know the gifts God has given to you. You know the things that the Lord has put on your heart. You know they're not just made up by you. You know they're not just suggested by somebody commenting on your Facebook status. And Oh, you know it's the Lord doing something in you. I know Brother Darren senses the Lord doing a work in his life. And we can all apply that to ourselves. And so that can be encouraging to know that God is not just sitting idle. He's not just sitting there on his throne. He is moving. And he is speaking, and he is working in your life right now. Even if things are horrible right now, God still works in the dark. He doesn't need the light on. God still works in the dark seasons and in the wonderful seasons of our lives. And all of us here this morning have gone through dark, dark seasons. And even in those seasons, God is still working because God said that he works all things together for the good of those people who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. Amen? And I want you to know, and we know this, but Jesus knew what God's work was all about. Jesus came, in fact, to fulfill the work of God, his Father. 
That's why Jesus came. He came from heaven, like that old school song. He came from heaven to earth. And if you're really old, you know all that there's like these things that people do sometimes. And little boys like me laugh. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, he came from heaven to earth to do the work of the Father. He had a job to do. This is why he came. Do you know that? Jesus came to do the will of his Father. He had work to do. He came to live as our example of how we should live. Jesus came to preach about salvation, eternal life, and the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to die and pay the price for the sins of the whole world and then to raise back to life again by the power of the Spirit bringing hope to this broken world. That was God's, basically Jesus' job description in a nutshell. That's why he came. This was the work that Jesus came to do. The Bible says in Luke 19, in fact, Jesus says in Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That is the priority of why Jesus came. He came not just to say, hey, look at me, I can do miracles. Look at me, I can raise a man who's been dead for four days. He, he said, I have come to, to seek you, my people, the people that I have created, the people that were created in my image, I have come down to them to seek after you, to find you because you're lost. Times in scripture where Jesus looks at the crowds of people and the Bible says that he was moved with compassion because he came to seek them. They were lost. They were like sheep scattered because they had no shepherd to lead them. Jesus came to be our shepherd. He came to seek and to save those who were lost. And the Father sent him. This was the job that Jesus came to fulfill. He had work from the Father to do. Jesus again says in John chapter 6, verse 38, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. That's exactly why Jesus came, not to do what he wanted to do, but to do the will or the job or, you know, of what his father desired for him. Listen to what Jesus actually prays to his father before he was arrested and crucified in John 17, verse 4. This is one small section of Jesus' prayer. He says to his father, I brought glory to you here on earth. By completing the work you gave me to do. I brought glory to you, Father. How? By completing the work that you gave me to do. We can apply that to our own lives. When we fulfill by faith what we believe God has called us to do, the work that he's given to each one of us, it brings glory to the Father. It brings joy to him. When my kids do what I've asked of them to do, it brings joy to me. When they don't, they don't have an ice cream sandwich after supper. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it brings glory. And Jesus is like, Lord, I, br I brought glory to you by completing the work that you gave me to do. And then finally, as Jesus hung on the cross, uh, just before he dies in in John 19.30, he says, of course, the famous three words, that it is finished. He had finished in that time the work that the Lord, that the Father sent him to do. And he did it. He faithfully did it. And every believer, every follower of Jesus, every Christian, we have also work to do. He has a job for you this morning. You might, be, you might be oblivious to what that could even be. But if you pray and ask the Lord, Father, show me your will. Show me what you would have me to do. What is the job that you have for my life? Whether you're in your 70s or you're possibly your 80s or whether you're in your teen years, it doesn't matter your age. If you have breath in your lungs this morning, if you can move and live and breathe, God he still has a job for you. He still has a purpose for you. It's not over until it's over. And one pastor says, even when it's over with God, it's still not over, right? So there is a work for us to do. And the work, when we do it unto God, will bring glory unto him. And it will bring hope to this broken world like Jesus brought to this broken world. But listen, work that only God can do 
is in us and is through us, but only God can do it. And when we choose to surrender our lives over to Jesus, we hold on to nothing. We surrender our lives fully to Jesus. We are no longer ourselves. We believe that he bought us with the price, even as we sang this morning. In that very moment, God has liberty to begin working in you and through you. Until a human surrenders to God by faith and humility and they surrender their lives to God, he doesn't have that free access to do the work. But once we say, Lord, we are yours, now he begins to do his work in us and through us for the glory of God and for the blessing of a broken world. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes to Christians in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, for God is working, for God is working in you. God is working in you, the Christian, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Let me read that again. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God is the one who does the work. God is the one who's preparing you. God is the one who's teaching you. God is giving you the desire, the Bible says, and the power to do his will. God is giving it to you. You might say, I'm not smart enough. God is giving you the desire and the power to do his will. You might feel weak, too weak, not strong enough, not capable not wise enough, not old enough, not young enough. God is the one who's working in you, Paul says, and God is the one who will give you the desire and give you the power to do his will. You don't have to work it up in your own ability. I know I've tried to do that. I'm sure you've tried to do that. And you notice you get very tired, you get very angry, you get very discouraged very quickly. <laughs> and then you run quickly out of energy, and then it's over. I quit. But when it's, when it's the real work of God, the real, genuine work of God, he's the one that does the work in you, Philippians says, and it's God who gives you that desire and that power. Because when you do the work that God's given you to do, there's opposition and that opposition will be against you trying to make you to quit and lay that work down. And so you need to rely upon God to give you the desire to keep doing it. Right? Cindy, I don't feel like going to church this morning. My flesh wants to stay in bed and drink coffee and eat some croissants and watch television. Matt, smarten up. Lord, give me the desire and the power. That's how it works. Like fully how it works. But we have to rely upon God. It's not your work. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are a body. We are the body. You are a member. You are a part. You and you and you are individual parts. We all have a work that God wants to do, but we don't do it in our own ability. It is God who gives us the desire, and it is God who gives us the power to do his will. Philippians 2.13. Then Paul says in Philippians 1, verses 1 through 6, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ, and he says, I am writing to all of God's holy people. Again, these are words to Christians. I'm writing to God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. May God our Father and, uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time that you first heard it until now. And then he says in verse 6, and I am certain. So he's talking to Christians who helped him spread the gospel. They heard the message Paul preached. They believed the message Paul preached. If you read the book of Acts, you'll notice that not everybody receives and believes the message that Paul preached. They wanted to sometimes kill him for the message that he preached. But some believed. And these people that he's talking to are Christians in the church 
potentially doing the work of God. In fact, they are. They're preaching the gospel alongside of him. They have picked up the work that God has given to them as well. And he's now telling them and he's like exhorting them that you are my, my beloved, my people. He's encouraging them. He's saying, may God give you grace and peace. And he, and he says, you have been my partners in spreading the gospel of Christ and from the first time you heard it. And then listen to what he says to them in verse six. And I am certain... He says, I am certain of what I'm about to say, that God, not you, but God, who began the good work within you. Again, God is the one that begins the work. God is the one that gives desire and power to do the work. And he says, God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Possibly they were discouraged. Possibly they were feeling tired of the ministry, worn out from the same old, same old. Are are, are we ever going to see fruit? Are we ever going to see growth? Are we ever going to see change? Why do the people, most of the people, reject what we preach? Why is it? Where are the people? Where is the numbers? Where is the fruit? Where, where, where? Why, why, why? How? No, I want to stay in bed with croissants. All of those things. Maybe they were feeling that way, and Paul's like, Listen, may God give you grace and peace. May you be encouraged. You are my fellow workers since, since day one of receiving the message. You have been faithful at preaching. And he says, listen, I'm, I know that maybe you're feeling discouraged and heavy and weak. He says, but listen, listen, I am certain that God who began the good work in you, he is the one who's going to finish it. He is the one that's going to complete it. If you're here this morning and you know that God has given you a work or you've seen God work in your family, in your marriage, in your kids, in a ministry, on your job, wherever, however, you've seen God work and maybe you're seeing some pushback. Maybe you're having some opposition against that work and it's discouraging you and it's bringing you down. It's making you feel low. It's wearing you out. You're not sleeping. You have no peace, it seems, to the day or at least finding peace is a battle a warfare listen if that's you you need to hear what paul is saying i am certain that god is the one who began that work in you and god is the one who's going to complete the work why because god is the one again philippians 2 13 who gives you the desire and the power to do it it is not god's will that you lay his work down You will be tempted to lay his work down. I have been tempted more than once to lay his work down. It's too hard. Where's the results? When will this change? When will that change? Why is it like this? Why is it so hard? Why is the warfare so hard just to do what God has called me to do? I want to lay it down. It would be easier for me to lay it down. Amen? I'm sure you can relate. It would be easier to say, no more of God's work. I'm going to do Matt's work. No more of God's work. I'm going to just do my wife's work. Cindy, I am yours for the rest of my life. Matt, what about, what about going to church Sunday? You gotta, you're called to preach and, and lead worship. Nope, I'm serving you. Part of her would be like, whoo, sweet. Another part of her would be like, smarten up, you fool. Who do you think you are to lay down the work that God has begun in you? You need to rely not upon yourself, not upon your pastor, not upon your your so-called anointing or education or money or fame or followers on social media or any of that stuff. None of that, all of that is empty. You need to rely upon the God who began the work in you to give you the desire and the power to keep doing it. It's hard, but he is faithful he is faithful. To this day, I have not seen what I have thought to be what God was preparing me for. But I have to keep going. I have to keep going. Maybe you have not seen what you thought God would do 10 years ago, 20 years ago, one year ago. Maybe you've not seen it and it it causes just anger and irritation and frustration and times of doubt. And sometimes you find your words like me. Sometimes, again, my wife comes in, gives me a slap, and I'm speaking words of doubt because I'm a man, because you're a man, you're a woman. We're flesh, but it's God who gives us the desire and the power 
And he says, I am certain. This is one thing I am certain of. God is going to finish the work. He's going to complete it. Another translation says, he'll finish that work. What God starts, he always finishes it. Amen? Have you ever started a project at home? Honey, fix the shed. Honey, make the toilet flush. And, and, you, and you know, honey, paint, paint the living room. You get one wall painted, and then it's lunchtime, and then that's it for three years. Where have you been? Why isn't the wall painted? It is lunchtime. That was three years ago. Well, I was hungry. <laughs> yeah. But you, listen, you are so guilty of that. You're guilty of that, of starting a work at home. And then you finish it a quarter or halfway through, and then you're done with it. You are guilty. I'm guilty of that. But the Lord is never guilty of that. He always finishes what he starts. And let me tell you, if somebody throws down the work, they say, Lord, I'm done with this. He will still finish it. It just won't be with that person. Somebody else will come and finish that work. I don't want to be somebody who lays the work down and somebody else has to come and pick up Matt Noel's work that God has given him to do and finish it for Matt Noel. I want to be faithful until the Lord calls me home. I want to be faithful until the day of Jesus Christ and believe no matter how I feel. Believe no matter what I see or how hard it gets. I want to still believe that God is going to complete it because he always completes and finishes what he starts. Amen. Amen. We need to trust him. We need to believe him despite our emotions, despite the war that we are in. I hope you're encouraged with that. I went to, for those of you who don't know, I do uh, custom wood finishing. I've been doing it for 21 years. Uh, right out of high school, I learned it. It's unreal. I don't even look 21. <laughs> and um, part of my job description is going on site um, uh, to repair ca uh, cabinetry or millwork that we installed and it got scratched or dinged or whatever. And I, I enjoy that. I love going out on the road and, um, and going to people's homes. And so... Uh, in January, um, very cold day, I went to this home. There were some kitchen touch-ups, and I touched up the kitchens. And they had a front entry door. And on the outside of the, the door, so exposed to all the elements, um, one of our workers at that time, we, we banged it. We scratched it somehow. And so now it's on us. It was a door that somebody else provided. Now it's our responsibility to fix it. Therefore, it's my responsibility to fix it. So... Um, I looked at the door after the kitchen was done, and I, realized, I saw it there, and I, I did some looking at it and assessing it, and I realized that this paint, I can't use it at minus 10 degrees. We had to wait till spring. So the season for me to do the work on this door, it wasn't the right season for me. And so I told the customer, I'm going to have to come back in spring. So I went back there in May to finally uh, 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 fix this door uh, for the customer, and um, I got on the job site, and I took the time to paper off all around the door and uh, took the time to sand it off. You, when you're on site, you got to really make sure that you're not going to get oversprayed. There's a lot of work involved, a lot of work sometimes to get the job done, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm papering off, and, and a beautiful day. It's beautiful weather. I have my tools, have my paint. Everything's going smooth. I get it sanded up nicely, um, got, get it dusted off, ready to paint it. I have a, a, a really expensive handheld cordless pa uh, painter. Uh, runs by battery. It's called the Graco uh, airless system. Had that ready to go, loaded it up. Took a while. It started causing some grief to load it up. Sometimes it, it clogs and I'm working with it. And finally it gets spraying really nicely and I'm feeling good. Test my spray pattern. It's spraying beautiful. I'm ready to do this. Let's, let's get this thing fixed for her. And uh, so here we are starting to paint. Painting beautiful. Oh, yeah, just all the way, get about halfway up the door, and then out of nowhere, it decides to clog and spit a bunch of spatter right in the middle of the door. At that point there, I can't just brush it off and keep going. It's done. The gun just decided to give up on me there. And so I'm forced to uh, restrain my flesh, and I'm forced to um, uh, take a drink of water in my car while I 
ex- uh, uh, release some vocal tension that I experienced in that moment. Um, and then I c- calmly went um, and told the, the customer, I said, I apologize. Here's the situation. She's like, no worries, all good. Listen, I'll come back tomorrow. Uh, I apologize, I'll, I'll come back. And so the next day I came back with a, a, a larger system, a larger paint system that t- takes more work to load up. It wasn't really required. This handheld should have done the job for what I was doing. Came back, got it all sanded up again, loaded up my new uh, gun, feeling good, weather's beautiful. It's a Friday afternoon, going to fi- finish this door and enjoy the weekend. And so uh, paint's getting low too. I'm getting low on paint. And so load it up, sand it up, dust it up, feeling good. Check my spray pattern, spraying beautiful. Spray it all the way up the door. Beautiful. Lay down beautiful. Woo! Victory in Jesus' name. Victory. I'm feeling good. So I turn around and just start to load up my stuff here. I'm feeling good. You know, getting 15, 20 minutes later, it goes by. And then I just go to look at it again. And as paint dries, if it's on too wet, it starts to sag. And my heart sunk, and my flesh reared its ugly head again. Got another bottle of water in my car, released some tension. I think I prayed. I might have called my wife. And I was like, what is going on with this door? I can't fix it. I thought I did. And so my, I was really irritated. I was really frustrated. Took a deep breath, went, showed her. She kind of chuckled, very gracious lady. And I'm like, I apologize. I said, right now, I'm fighting embarrassment and, hum- and, and pride right now. I, this is not good for me. I apologize. I just put it on too wet. And uh, there was no way of fixing it. It was a humid day. It's not going to dry in time. I was forced to leave it for the weekend. Are you fine if I leave it for the weekend, leave it papered off? No problem. So I had plans to go back Monday. So I had to go buy more paint uh, because we ran out. Went back Monday. And to make a long story short, I finally went back and was able to nail it. It just took me three times to nail it and to fix that which was broken. And um, my point in sharing that is that the, the, we, it was my responsibility to do the work. Um, but the first time that I saw the work that had to be done, it, it was too cold. It wasn't the right season for the work to be done. Um, and then another issue I had was that the tools that I had at work to do the job, uh, they failed me. They, they, I need, you need proper tools to be able to do the work. And, and another thing that it really tested me in and required w- was a lot of patience. A lot of patience. And these are things that, that, we, that relate to when, when God is doing a work in us. When the Lord is doing a work in you, it, first and foremost, it has to be the right time. It has to be the right season. It, 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 you might think it's right now, like right now. Like now, like yesterday was the right season. But God in his perfection and sovereignty, he knows. He knows when the right season is to continue this work within you. It has to be. If I had painted that door in January... I would have even had another issue because I'm painting it in cold weather. It would have been even worse, right? And, and so you, the, when, regarding the tools, God knows what you need and you need in order to do what he's called you to do. So it has to be the right time and season. And then you have to be equipped. You have to be equipped by God with, with the right tools to do what he's called you to do. And, and that's a really broad truth, and, and it's between you and God to figure out what those tools are. But you can't just receive, you know, on day one, you can't just be given a new job, and day one, you're, okay, go do it all. You need to be equipped and trained, right, in order for it to happen. And, and that's the, the problem I had with getting that, that door done. It was my job to finish it, to finish the work that I started. I started the job. I started the work. I couldn't just throw in the towel and say, sorry, ma'am, like you got a half-painted door with some spatter. Like, nice working for you. That's the best we can do. That's not going to happen. And so it was my job to do whatever I had to do, no matter how long it took, to make it right, to finish what I had started. And so in your life, 
You need to know that God knows the season. God knows the training time, the preparation, the certain tools and gifts he needs to to work within you. And when that time comes, and, and listen, that involves waiting. waiting. Waiting's lousy. I don't like waiting. Who likes to wait? But if we wait, if we choose to wait, then, then we will see God again give us that desire and that power to do the work and the will that he's given us to do. Amen? It's true. It will only be completed in the right season. It will only be completed with the right tools for the job, and it will only be completed with much patience. Amen? Listen to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, verse 21, may he equip you. May he, God, may God equip you with all you need for doing his will. Did you hear that? The writer says, may he equip you with all that you need for what? For doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. As I close in a few minutes here, um, I want to share with you, some of you may know this, but I think there's a, a portion in here that I haven't shared before in, in a message. Um, but years ago, in 2005, we moved to Aurelia with my parents. We did some church ministry there. And then in 2010, my wife and I and our kids moved back uh, to Waterloo. Um, while we were there, I did an interim youth pastor, um, an internship for a youth pastor for six months at a different church that we were involved together with them in ministry. And um, at the time, I thought it was going to end up being a full-time gig. God had other things in store. Uh, They hired somebody else, and I was left to say, okay, Lord, what next for me? And it wasn't quite as easy as that. It was quite a difficult time for my wife and I. It was a real letdown. It was a real dark time that we were out of nowhere thrown into. It was something, listen, it was not what I was expecting. Have you been there before? (laughs) Oh, God is moving. I can feel the power. I can see his faithfulness every day, every month. This year is going to be great. And then out of nowhere, the rug is pulled out from underneath you. The door is shut on you. For whatever reason, God is still God. If doors are shut, whether it's by man or or choice, or whatever, God is still God. When the door is closed, God is still God. The important thing in life that I am learning as a follower of Jesus, so that I can fulfill my role as a Christian man, as a Christian husband, and as a Christian dad, and then as a Christian minister, and a worker, and a provider, and all that, the only thing, the main thing that I must focus on and remind myself to do is to trust in the Lord with all of my heart, despite what happens. I can try to figure out all the answers. Why did that door close? Why did that opportunity, you know, why was it given to somebody else? Why, 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 why? And I've tried numerous times, ask my wife, to figure things out, to do certain things. And it only causes me to be heavier and more discouraged. And listen, I say this knowing it's very hard to not do those things because we want to have control. I want to have control over what happens in my life. If I had control over my life right now in, in every area, er, financially, vocationally, um, you know, wh- where, where we live, where I work, wh- what I feel, what I have, what I don't have. If I had full control, I would do some immediate changes. I'm sure you would as well. But I don't have that control, and so I can either wrestle, 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 trying to fix and change in this, and again, I struggle with being tempted to want to do that, or I can just say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you, that he who began the work is going to finish it. And so this opportunity was given to somebody else, and it left my wife and I in a position of, okay, what, what now, Lord? And it was very, very, very difficult. And one morning, um, I went down to the lake, and uh, I was sitting in the parking lot by the lake by myself, had uh, worship music on, and I was just trying my best to encourage myself in the Lord. Uh, had the worship music on, trying to pray. It wasn't working very well, but I had the music playing, 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, how great is our God. Oh, this is awful. Uh, right? You're singing, you're trying, right? And the Lord's like, keep trying, keep going. And in all seriousness, sometimes you got to really press into that, right? And it's, ah, it's hard. It is. It's hard because your flesh, your flesh wants to, uh, pity party, Matthew. Your flesh wants to just follow the flesh. And so when, when you know or when you're told, you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Yeah, I know. But man, it's really hard. It's really hard. But I knew it was the right thing. So I'm, I'm trying to pray. And out of nowhere... The Lord reminded me, he gave me a thought of Pastor Dale Hoke from our, my old church. Uh, he had a, a radio ministry program, and it started at 11 a.m. And, of course, it's recorded from Waterloo, and I'm in Aurelia. And so I can't just tune my radio in. And I felt very strongly I had to listen at 11 a.m. And that was not something I regularly listened to at all. This came out of nowhere. It was the Lord. And I looked, and it's about maybe quarter to 11. Okay, I have an idea. I'm going to drive up downtown to our church. No one's there. I'm going to go up to our church, listen online on our computer. But like every real man, uh, I had to go to Tim Horton's drive-thru first to get a coffee. And so I went to Tim Horton's drive-thru. Yeah, I got time. I got time. Yeah, I got time. And uh, I got my coffee, and it was the rest of my change. Had no more change left. And then I realized I had my coffee. I was very happy about that. But driving to the church, the only parking was on the street downtown, and it was meter parking. And you needed some change to, to be able to park without getting a ticket. And I'm, I'm on a time crunch here. It's like 5 to 11. I got to hear Jesus at 11 online through Pastor Dale. So I find a spot, thankfully. Yes, not too far from the church. And I'm looking under my seat. Is there a quarter? I found no change. And I look at the meter. It had about an hour left from the previous person. Whoo! God is wanting me to do this. This is... I'm feeling it. He's setting it up. I got my coffee, so I'm happy. He knew I needed that. I got my parking. He knew I needed that. I get up to the office. No one's there. I, I'm feeling it. You know that feeling where you know God is, God is in this now. I'm feeling some energy, and, and I turn the computer on, and it begins to buffer. Buffer, buffer, buffer. Come on, reset. It's like 11.01. Come on, reset. 11.03. And it's buffering, buffering. What did my dad get? Dial up? What did he get here? Come on. Like, what's happening here? So I had to reset the computer. It's like 11.06. I'm like, come on, I'm going to miss what the Lord wants to speak to me. And sure enough, I get the program on finally, and it's buffering, loading up. And, and I tell you no joke. I say it before God. The very first words that I hear when it finally logged on to his program was, and like Ruth, who went back home with Naomi, she had to go in order to receive her destiny that God had for her. Those are the words I heard. The very first words. If, I, if, I, if it logged on a minute earlier, I wouldn't have heard those words directly. It, so if I didn't get a coffee, if I didn't have the parking ordeal, if the computer didn't buffer, I wouldn't have opened it up to hear what God wanted me to hear. And in that moment, I was like, Lord, this must be you speaking to me. And I told my wife, and I'm sure I told mom and dad, and it's like the Lord at that point was one of different ways he, he directed us to come back home by faith to receive the destiny that, that he had, to see his plans unfold in, in our lives. And so when we came back, it was not easy. That, that little bit of a high was just temporarily, but we knew that God had spoken and we're trusting that. And we came back home, and we didn't know where we were going to live or what church we were going to go to. And God settled us. It was very, very dark, very, very tiring, very confusing. And we started going to Pastor Dale's church, who had the radio program. And we didn't start getting involved in ministry there at all. We just actually felt we needed to sit, take a break from ministry, get some healing, regain some strength, figure out what's going on here. And as a few months went by, I had opportunity to preach. Pastor Dale asked me to preach. Sure, that'd be great. I'd love to preach. And then eventually it led into more preaching. We got heavily involved in leading worship there. And then some years down the road, I'm assisting him in pastoring the church, helping with the youth, working full-time still. But that was in process. That was in the direction. And I'm like, this is interesting. Could this be what God had in mind instead of the youth position in Aurelia? 
And we were there for six years, and then we felt the stirring that God was calling us out. Five or six years we were there. And now, okay, that wasn't it. Another season ended, and, and now we've been alongside Freedom Life Church for five or six years now, and we're still on the road. And so I've been back for, from Aurelia from that time where I thought this is the way it was going to go. I went into a place of darkness. God gave me a, a, a breath of fresh air by speaking that word to me through the radio that go home you, to, by faith, receive your destiny, not for me, but for my wife and I and for my kids. Ho, that's where I want you. That's where my plans are laid up for you, Matt. Go home. And it's like, okay, we're going to go home. And, and, and we'll, we'll get settled. And then there it is. That, that, and it hasn't been that way. 11 years we've been here, and I'm still pursuing God and saying, Lord, what fully do you have for me? What fully do you want in my life, in our marriage, in our children? God, what is the exact specific work that you are doing? Right now, we know that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. And we're going to stay faithful with what we're doing right now. But you hear what I'm saying. It is a process. It has to be the right season. You have to have the right tools. It has to be in God's time and in God's way. And when it is, he'll do it if it's his will. But I want to push back even a little bit at that very respectfully and cautiously, but very sincerely. What if... What if the things that you think right now in your head, in your spirit, the things that you believe God is going to do in your life, what if you never see them happen? Will you still be content enough to just have Jesus who has forgiven you and given you eternal life? Do you hear what I'm saying? That's not an easy question because sometimes you might say, well, that means I have doubt. No, I have faith. It doesn't mean that. It means, like Jesus said, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. Because sometimes, not every time, sometimes we can get pictures in our head. And, and maybe it's good intention and right motives. And we're sincere and we're zealous and we're passionate. And we feel this is God. God gave that to me. And maybe he did. And maybe he will absolutely reveal that to you. Amen. We all say yes. That's what we want to see, right? But what if God doesn't? What if he has something else? What if the something else is just what you're doing right now? No. No, that's not good enough. And, and we chuckle, it's true, we chuckle. But what if? I really believe that God, since this whole pandemic, he, he wants to do something, and he, but, but it, I don't think it's going to be what we normally just thought it would be. I don't think he wants church to just simply be the same that it's always been. I don't think he wants ministry to be the same that it's always been. I think... Not that he was not pleased with it. Not that there wasn't results or fruit from it. Not that he wasn't behind it. But I really believe that he's doing something new and something different. And I have no idea what that looks like. I, like, I literally have no idea. I have many questions. I ha like I said, I have many things I would change right now if I could. But I can't. And even if I could, should I? Should I? Should I be God? And it doesn't mean you don't step out in faith to try something. It doesn't mean any of that. It, and I'm not suggesting for a moment that whatever dreams you had, like I'm not trying to put a, 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 a rain cloud over your dreams or what you think God is doing. I'm, I am not doing that. But I'm just taking it back a step, trying to get a new perspective. I feel sometimes, speaking for myself, I feel sometimes we can just get so caught up in, like, God, what is it that you want me to do? And that's a good prayer, obviously. That's what we're talking about. 
But what if God just wants us to worship and love him and work the job you're working and, and, and be faithful in the marriage he's given you or you've chosen for yourself? Raise the kids that you have been given. Live in the city that you have. Do what you're doing now as unto the Lord. My son started working at Food Basics a couple months ago, and it's going really well. And it's been a really cool opportunity for me as his dad to begin to speak, uh, hopefully, new lessons of, of life as he's growing up. Man, dad, that was a hard day. Yes, that's good. You need to have hard days. Not every day is going to go well. Yeah, well, this person said this. Yes, son, you need to know that people are going to talk bad to you. You're not just going to go through life with everybody liking you. And so my son is learning that life is really hard. Life has challenges. Not everything, my young Austin Noel, not that he expected this, not at all that he expected this, but not everything is going to be spoon-fed. And I just wonder... How often we got caught up in just the pursuit of something. And those are good things. A year ago, I started a men's podcast that I really felt God wanted me to start. I did not plan to say this. I just feel to say it. And I had all these thoughts. It's going to take off and get millions of, of listen, listens and plays and downloads. And I'm going to receive emails and feedback and phone calls. Would you come and course he can't speak the last year at different events but I just thought like this is just going to blow up and take off and I don't know maybe someday it will maybe I don't know but those were my my thoughts and hopes and desires and if I'm honest it still kind of is that would be very cool if this thing took off wouldn't it be cool if the thing you're doing right now took off and became something great and provided opportunity, provided some more money, provided some, you know, opportunities. And, and, and what, wouldn't that be cool? No, no, I'm too spiritual. No, yeah, it would be cool. It would be awesome. We all love opportunity. We all, we all love promotion. We all love a phone call from somebody that could maybe bless us or help us. We all love and want that. And I want that. I would love that to happen with this men's podcast. And it's, it's been a year now. And um, this last few months has been more challenging for me to do it. And I have been leaning upon God, like we, we said here in Philippians 2, that God, you got to give me the desire and the power to keep doing it because I still feel inclined to do it. And my desire is every week, do it. And my wife has been very encouraging. Matt, just do it. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Just push the red button on the computer and talk and let it come out. <laughs> my point in sharing that, guys, listen. Have, have dreams. Pursue right now in your life. Pursue what God is doing. Pursue what you believe God is doing. But remind yourself that that's not what it's all about. What if... It's going to be like this. This is it. You've arrived as far as you're going to arrive. There will be no more reviews on Apple Podcasts, Matt Noel. That's it. Well, I hope that's not it. But what if, what if, is having Jesus enough? And I hope you hear my heart when I say this. Because I, sometimes we can just get so caught up in the, the hustle, the bustle, the doing, the going. And I'm speaking first for myself. Even ambition, I want to see this happen, unfold. Why them? Look at them. That's what I want. And again, my wife, stop it. Why are you comparing yourself? You're not them. We're not them. Smarten up. Come back down to reality, Matthew. Do you hear what I'm saying? So please be encouraged with that message, I pray, that that God is the one who began the work in each one of you. And he will be the one. He will be the one. He will be the one to give you two things. Do you remember what it is? The desire and the power to do it. Amen? Why don't we stand and I'm going to close in prayer. The work is still in progress. Amen? The work is in progress. It is. It is. God, we believe that. God, we believe, Lord God.
that the work that you are doing, it is still in progress. God, even despite this crazy pandemic, even with how hard it's been and all of the challenges that it has offered to so many people, God, we believe that you are still working. We believe that, Lord, even though we don't see it, we don't feel it, we're angry, we're frustrated, we're impatient, we're tired, we're discouraged, we're sad, we're starting to feel hopeless, feel in despair. God, even though we choose to say this morning, God, by faith alone, that we believe the work is still in progress. We believe, God, for great things from you. We believe for desires and dreams They will come to pass. We believe, Lord, for open doors and opportunities and and great things to unfold for us, through us, in us, for the glory of God. Like Jesus said, Lord, I bring you glory. I bring you glory by doing what you've called me to do. That is our desire. But Lord Jesus, we will also say that even if, God, you don't do one more thing, we have Jesus. We have been given eternal life. We have been given hope and joy and the Holy Spirit who brings us peace. God, that is all we need. We ask you for more. We believe for more, but we are content right now. Please, Lord, even as I pray that, I feel afraid. Even as I pray that, I question. Even as I pray that, I doubt. I don't want to. I want that to be where I lay the the line, where I draw the line and lay it down. This is it. I am content. Like Paul, he had to learn to be content in whatever state. God, please let that be our prayer. Please not let it just be a prayer, but let it be truth of what we really believe. God, please hear my heart. Father, please hear their hearts, God. We believe, we expect, we pursue, we press in, we fight, we work. But Lord, we step back knowing that while we do all of that by faith, God, we know that you will have the final answer. You will have the final answer. Please help us to submit to that and to know what your will is. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining me on The Frontline. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.